Welcome to the Iron Cannon Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. We are here to continue our kind of catch-up summer. Uh, we're kind of looking back at the Bad Batch season two and just how do we feel about it? How did it go? Um, you know, all those types of questions. Um, no news for this week. So, Tom, why don't you give us the the rundown, the more detailed version of what I, I just said? Not a problem, because we're going to be reviewing Bad Batch season two. This is the recap and the synopsis for this all recap episode is months have passed since the events of Camino and the Bad Batch continue their journey navigating the Empire after the fall of the Republic. They will cross paths with friends and foes, both new and familiar, as they take on a variety of thrilling mercenary missions that will take them to unexpected and dangerous new places. So, um, yeah, it's 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 going to be back talking about the Bad Batch reflecting on the the last season. How did I guess let's just we, you know we reviewed every single episode thus far. How did you guys feel about Bad Batch or anything that particularly stuck out to you this season? I mean, the crosshair episodes definitely stand out to me as like the highlights of the season. Um, it just reminds me of some of those like older Clone Wars episodes that just they hit way deeper than you ever expected them to. Rebels did this too, actually, to be fair. But just that moment of like, oh wow, I did not realize we're going there. But watching his arc. You know, going from where he ends season one as uh, I don't want to call him a traitor, but like he's he's let the batch escape, but he's still very much sided with the Empire. It is just his choice. It has nothing to do with the inhibitor chip at this point. Um, and watching him develop and realize that maybe that wasn't the right choice. Like there's definitely some not so great uh, things that have happened as a result. And I don't know, just every episode he was in, I thought was fantastic. Mm -hmm. I think the biggest thing for me was, um, I hate to say it, but I think in some cases, the inconsistencies of the season, there are some really good episodes. There are some very slow episodes. And I know that the way Filoni has written the Clone Wars, you've got the quote unquote breather episodes, but I think a few of them in this season were, were kind of misses. So I did, I loved all the crosshair episodes. Yeah. Period. The Zilla Beast episode was great. You know, there were there were anything that deal with Montant Montantis was outstanding, but there were some times that it just wavered a bit in the storytelling. Yeah. So let, let's let's dive in because you both bring up excellent points. I, I I agree with both of you. Um, let's let's start with uh, should we start with Crosshair? You start with you brought that up, Stephen, and I think that's yeah definitely the highlight yeah, of the show. You you kicked it off really well. Crosshair is just his story is fantastic right season one was all about him pursuing the bad batch and uh you know at the very end he's left stranded uh on camino as the batch leave uh and and season two picks up where that left off and this see this time around he's not really pursuing the batch it, you know his episodes are by far the best episodes of this season um but it's all about him dealing with the empire and dealing with the changes that he's seeing and realizing that maybe this empire that I've given everything for isn't, isn't the best or, you know, the, the best thing in the world. You also get the feeling that he agrees it's not the best in the world, but it's almost like he, as the mantra goes, all good soldiers follow orders, regardless if he agrees with what's going on or not. He's still a soldier. He's still part of the Republic, which is now the Empire, and he's going to follow his orders. But he did do one thing in one episode that was amazing called the in the outpost mm. where he kind of went against the Empire at that point, because it seemed like at that point he realized he's had enough. Yeah, no, and that's that's, I think, where things got really interesting, right? Because we we speculated what he turned, what he not. And I think he finally realized that the empire did not care 
about him or or any of the clones, which is another thing we should actually get into because I think that's the other best storyline of the season. Uh, and, and so, yeah, seeing seeing him make the decision to kill Nolan on the spot and everything, it was just, ah, it was so good. It, it was I, really well done. I, I actually, I disagree a little bit with how you've characterized it, though. And I think it's the thing I like most about Crosshair's arc. I don't hmm. think he... Uh, has betrayed the Empire or turned his back on it. I think he's clearly not enamored with the Empire's direction, but he's still loyal to it. And I think the difference we're seeing is how he approaches uh, how the clones are being treated. Right. And yeah, he doesn't like how the Empire does it as a whole, but his issue is actually specifically with guy whose name I don't remember at this point. That's true, like Nolan and folks. <laughs> yeah, no, actually, you're right, because like he's not he's not going and joining the rebellion, right, or 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 rebelling openly yep. against the Empire mm-hmm. for sure. I think he's starting to see the flaws, but I also don't think, to your point, he's he's kind of still in the middle. He's kind of trying to not really play both sides, but you, you know, he's yeah, he's. I yeah. feel like he's where. Well, a lot of the galaxy is at this point, which is, yeah, the Empire is doing some things I'm maybe not thrilled with, but, you know, it's okay. They're figuring it out. You know, all that level of uh, discussion maybe is, I feel like, how their people are approaching it. And I I like that nuance and seeing, you know, just a different way of approaching things. Yeah. But I, I think the nuance only gets to a certain point with him because realize he does get taken to Mount Tantus and he is now at a point to where he's being experimented on. So that how, how can you at that point sit there and look at the empire that you thought was the way to go and kind of defend what they're doing when well, they're literally yeah, experimenting I don't think he, on you? We don't know, right? Cause the last time we saw him, he was unconscious, right? He was um, in the tipping point. He is taken. That's when he's actually, you know, interrogated, and uh, actually, at the, at the, it's actually at the end of the outpost, right, where he's he's captured, and Emery Carr tells him that you know he needs to cooperate. And then two episodes later, he pops up again, and that's when Hemlock is trying to get the batch's location out of him, which he doesn't actually know. And then in the season finale, he does appear, but he's unconscious. You know, Omega just runs over to him, and and that's it. So. You're right. It's very possible that in season three, we will see him change. But at least as far as we've seen him in season two, at least the, you know, the only decisions we've seen him make are that he's a little more in the middle, but I think leaning certainly toward uh, being more anti-empire. Yeah. Yeah, um, oh, I agree. The, the, the biggest, I think, disappointment in this season regarding Crosshair story arc was just there wasn't more of it. Uh, you know, if you go back there, of the 16 episodes this season, four featured Crosshair. And two of those were basically him in prison, right? The One of them was like him unconscious. One was him being interrogated briefly on Mount Tantus. So we really only got two episodes with Crosshair, which is a, a bummer given how great his storyline is. And... Yeah, that that was that was a little disappointing to me. I, I wish we'd gotten more. The two episodes we got were phenomenal, but I think it's emblematic of the season of a whole, though, in a lot of ways. Um, I I enjoyed almost most of the episodes we got in this season. I couldn't describe most of them to you. So many of them were episode of the week filler mm-hmm. kinds of episodes Agreed. that it makes it like we really only I feel like had you know in. I mean, how many episodes were there? Like 12, something like that? 16. Yeah. Uh, there were 16, 16 total. Okay. Of those 16, I would say maybe four to five were what I would consider like impactful episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and not, that's, right. that's too and, bad. Yeah. And not and, every, and, every episode has to be, you know, massively impactful. You can tell a great character story. But I think the look, I was funny. I was comparing looking back across about, you know, season one versus season two. And season one had so many great moments. You had Order 66. You had, mm. you know, of course, kicking things off. The end of the destruction of Kamino. You had the Ryloth arc where you saw young Hera and you know, the Pikes arc. And there were, uh, there were so, like Fennec Shand and Cad Bane and so many different really cool moments. Were, even though they weren't part of the main thrust of the story necessarily, it was exciting and interesting. And I feel like I, season two struggled with those types of episodes. I, 
I think these you kind of crystallized something for me, William. I think the exact thing that's missing here, like when you just talk about the Ryloth arc, um, that in many ways was a self-contained arc in season one. It's not like there was a lot of, you know, impact before and after. It's kind of its own thing. Um, but it had weight in and of itself. Like within the arc itself, it, it right. managed to carry weight and interesting story mm -hmm. that we cared about. Um, what was the equivalent to that in season two? Like the mining arc where they lose their ship and then get their ship back? Like, uh, yeah, that, like it's, yeah. I feel like that was the equivalent arc in a lot of ways in that it's, you know, a small self-contained story, but I, it, it lacks the punch that right. season one had. And, yeah. and that I agree with. That that episode, when you were talking about episodes that, that are memorable or forgettable, I wouldn't say that those two episodes were forgettable, but they weren't episodes that I would actually want to go back to and watch. I would say the one exception to that, the real, I mean, there was like the, the course of the season finale, right? The two part season finale, but then there's also the mid season finale, which I think was one of the few non crosser episodes that was just really, that really stood out. Um, and that was the clone conspiracy and truth and consequences. And those focused again, you know, at least the first one focused more on Senator Chuchi and mm -hmm. the you know how the clones are being treated and we didn't even see the batch in the first half the batch finally show up in the second half and and help out but those two episodes were had a lot of weight to them as well and i think did exactly what you know the what we were very more it's much more along the lines of season one i guess and that is the subplot that i really enjoyed this season as well is is seeing how the clones are treated throughout mm -hmm. yep. these episodes well on top of that i think the best thing about it was when the emperor came up and and made his proclamation about you know how the clones are going to be treated and how he was going to turn everything into the stormtrooper program and it was so well written because at the end of that episode chuchi got played and you're sitting here watching this and whenever the emperor pops up the way he does it, it and in this season it was such such a momentous I, I, but I'm trying to put my finger on it. It's like it had weight to it. Yeah. Yeah. And and that was the best thing about it. When you're seeing her do all this investigation, really trying to promote the clones and do this and do this and try it. And, and then when he, I, I, anyway, I, I'm lost in what I'm trying to say, but just such a great episode and such a great way to end it for that, for that season that, that happened. Yeah. It, that moment, especially it feels very classic Filoni to me. Like, bringing out absolutely these kind of big showcase moments and like in some ways being true to the politics that are inherent to like the original trilogy in a lot of ways and especially mm -hmm. the the prequel trilogy um that i don't feel like star wars has interacted with as much of late but bad batch uh actually i take that back like bad batch and and or both do a really really good job of tackling those types of topics yeah mm -hmm. but i i think in this one in this season it, it lacked that little bit of the politics stuff within this season the bad batch it was more of the empire trying to go forward with their plan instead of like you know the, the episode with chuchi with the clone conspiracy and truth and consequences and the only other thing that played in there by way of a storyline was the bad batch with sid that was that was more of a storyline than the political stuff going on. I don't, I don't know. I, I think well, it's more subtle, right? Because like, there's a lot of episodes where we see how the clones are being treated, whether even if it's not, you know, like you're not in the it, Senate. It wasn't right? obvious. But you, I get you it. See, it wasn't obvious. You see like how Nolan, Lieutenant Nolan is treating the clones or you see, and I think actually a lot of the episodes that we saw this was in, were in Crosshair's episodes. Um, well, that is very true. But I loved those aspects of of this season and seeing just the different ways that the clones are being cast aside and replaced by uh, by these, you know, new stormtroopers, right? And it, we there was some of this in season one, and I I like how things escalated quite a bit in season two. Uh, and I think like, that's also part of the reason why Crosshair starts to turn, right? He starts to see that they just don't. Air. And I think that's that's for me. Th those are the two highlights of the season. Um, but the the challenge I think is that the other episodes. To I think your point earlier, Stephen. There's there's not a lot of a, a weight within. You don't have to have weight to the overarching storyline or the so or the galaxy. 
but they need weight within their own story. And there wasn't a lot of that. And there also wasn't a lot of momentum through the season. Season one was really pushed along with by Crosshair's pursuit of his brothers. And that's a very emotional core. Doesn't really impact the rest of the galaxy, but it it even if they're off doing other missions, you know, which of course each have their own weight as well, there the there's the emotional piece of wow, Crosshair could is, is pursuing them and after them and their own brother, right? It's it's it, it's a it's a tough thing to 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 deal with and to, for them and and to to watch in some ways great provide some great emotional material. Season two doesn't really have the chase for Crosshair at all, uh, and it also doesn't have you know because they're not chasing. I think what they were tried to do was in season two they replaced it with to some degree finding a home and then just the inevitable betrayal of Sid, where they would just go on missions of the week for Sid. And we all knew she was going to betray him eventually. And they put up with a lot more crap than they ever should have <laughs> dealt with. Mm-hmm. I think. They really did. Uh, and so they, they, I think they feel like they replaced that. There didn't seem to be a lot of uh, momentum to the, sh- to the season. It was just show up and there's another mission of the week. I don't know. How, how do you guys feel? Do you, do, do you guys agree or am I crazy? Nope. 100%. Like, yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I mean, I feel kind of bad. Like we kind of had a running joke as we were reviewing the episodes that like I was on watching it like the day before or in some, you know, in some cases, maybe like up 20 minutes before we'd review them. <laughs> um, There have been shows where that is not the case where like Andor, it was I'm watching that the moment I can get my hands on it. Mm-hmm. I never felt like like honestly, in many ways, the biggest driving force for me to watch Bad Batch was the fact that we were about to review it. I would have gotten to it eventually. It just never had any like, oh, I've got to see what happens next. And the one exception to that, I think, was the midseason finale, Mm -hmm. where it was just a huge like, I need to find out how this resolves because it's Mm -hmm. really, really cool. Yeah, I'd agree. There wasn't a drive. I mean, I did watch it every time, you know, it dropped, watch it the next day, not a problem. And there were the episodes that were memorable, like the midseason, like the ones with Crosshair. But then there's the other ones where you're like, well, I have to say the Zilla Beast was another one because you got to see that was a cool the Zilla yeah. Beast come back. That yes. was a great episode because that was one in which you were trying to figure out if we were ever going to see it again. Because when we originally saw it, you knew it was up to the cliffhanger because Palpatine at that point was just like, we're going to put it aside and we're going to experiment. You knew he was doing it for a reason, but it had it took the Bad Batch to bring back the Zilla Beast. Yeah. That was a great and- episode. Zilby's a great example of a standalone episode in my mind as well. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, absolutely. There is absolutely not a, you know, it's it's its own arc. It builds off of something from the Clone Wars, which is always cool to see. Um, it created weight. I really appreciated the kind of um, exploration they were doing with like these kind of like horror alien type vibes. Um, probably a highlight for me as far as like Clone Force 99 goes and their stories this season. Yep, agreed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> not to be broken record, but I couldn't agree more. It's, it's really, uh, the, uh, we talked about it on the, in our review of metamorphosis, but that's a storyline we've been wanting for a long time. And even though, even if you're, you're, you haven't been, you know, you're not familiar with the clone wars and haven't been wondering about the Zilla beast for 13 years or whatever it was, I think it's, it's still just a very well done episode which i feel like as a you can't really say as much for certain of the other uh episodes or even two-part arcs in in this season do you guys want to should we just go should is it worth going through the the season briefly and just talking about the the episodes we we kind of hit sporadically on the the main ones the ones that we kind of left out like you know, Pabu, where, you know, they found their their possible home of the future. You know, that wasn't that bad of an episode, but it's an episode to where I think I maybe mentioned in um, in our review that I almost wanted to see them go back to Pabu after they had everything that happened in the summit and and, you know, Plan 99. They end up there instead of going back to Sid. Because to me, that would have been a logical place for them to to go back, relax, catch their breath. But you understood they had to go back to Sid 
because there had to be that, you know, um, she had to turn him in. Yeah. You know, but the Steven, is there one that, that you think out of these episodes that like, I looked at Pabu was like, that's one that, that was an episode. Is there another episode within the season? You kind of see the same way. Um, tribe, I think stands out as one that ended up being kind of similar in a fairly good standalone episode. Um, this is the episode where the bad batch kind of go to Kashyyyk. Um, we get the return of Gunji, the, uh, very true. Padawan Jedi Wookiee from Clone Wars. Mm -hmm. Um, again, just an episode, I think that managed to add a little bit of weight, you know, inside of itself where we're rescuing the Wookiees, you know, helping them resettle, uh, and, I, I thought it worked fairly well compared to a lot of the episodes. I'll say one of the, especially in retrospect, the the big negative episodes like that I look back on less fondly has got to be episode like Faster, mm -hmm. which was the mm -hmm. pod racing-ish episode. Um, just a combination of like, you know, it we failed to get something as exciting as the pod race. Um, mm -hmm. It's not bad, but like it, it lacks the oomph of like the episode one pod race. And it just... It, it was an episode that I think was emblematic of all of the problems with Sid. Like, well, can and, we just not do Sid anymore? And and that's and that the only thing about that episode that I remember is the Bad Batch were warned by Sid's rival that she would turn on you one day. I mean, that's the only foreshadowing, and that's the only thing really about that episode. That yeah, it was a fun episode. Yeah, we got kind of got pod racing back, but the only memorable thing about it was the warning that she's going to turn on you. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Sid thing, I'll be honest, kind of annoyed me through season two. Cause it was so obvious that she was, I mean, she stabbed them in the back in, um, I think it was in, uh, was it entombed? Right. Pretty early on in the season. She told yep. them, Nope. It, you guys, you've, you you failed to, uh, or maybe it was, I mean, maybe it was midway no, through the it, season in like the crossing and retrieval, but, well, it was it was with the kids because remember when the ship got stolen, she's like, "Why should I send anything to you? You're the guys that lost your ship." Blah 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 blah. So that was probably yeah, that was retrieval and and the crossing. And yeah, so like so it was there. That was I mean that was two thirds of the way, but there were always hints even before that. But at that point, that's when she really crossed the line. But throughout the whole time, right? She's been causing problems. They go and help her out and like faster and 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 um. Even in, you know, Spoils of War and Ruins of War at the beginning, right? She's constantly, she's constantly causing problems with the Batch. And I just, I know they felt like they couldn't leave because maybe she'd turn them in, but they just needed to get out there. And, and, and like it was, it was inevitable. It was a matter of time. And it, it kind of annoyed me a little bit, just that they refused to deal with it and, and try to get away from her. And that's why for me, it was so, sorry, Stephen. That's why for me, it was so frustrating in the last episode. Where do they run to again? Like I mentioned, they should have gone to Pabu. They ran to Sid. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I think it's made worse by it just at the very end they do. I mean, they run back to Sid, but they're, I don't know. It feels like about two thirds of the way through the season where they kind of like give up on Sid. Um, and it just having that take like eight, nine episodes to get to was just way too long. Like it, like you said, like, it was obvious after episode two yeah. that this was coming and it's, it's not an interesting twist. It doesn't give you any suspense when like, Oh, Sid's going to betray them. Got it. All right. Seven well, weeks later, we actually get the betrayal. Right. And it was, so and she constantly did like know? mini betrayals the entire time mm -hmm. too. So that was the other thing, you know, uh, you would, she constantly like, kind of, Stab them back just a little bit, not qu not quite yeah. enough that they had to leave, but just enough that you're like, "What? Are you, why are you here?" You know, she's she doesn't care about you at all. And you would you would almost want her to turn on them earlier in the season, to where the rest of the season there's more high stakes of them running from her, yeah, or them running from the empire at that point, instead of so late in the season the base can make it a cliffhanger going into the third season, yeah. The other part I think that, that they waited a little bit too long on was Mount Tantus. They teased it at the end of season one. And that was for, you know, for all of us fans, we're like, oh my gosh, Mount Tantus, right? If you know the name Mount Tantus, that's super exciting. They did not introduce it until episode 11, almost oh, over 
two thirds of the way through the season. And then they did re- return a couple times, but they never actually went there. And it's okay. Cause it was, it was cool to see Iriado Tarkin's home planet in the finale, but I feel like, and we talked about this in our review of the season finale as well, that they, they kind of use the same thing, the same, uh, you know, tease twice, two seasons in a row. And it just, it feels like it loses something when you do that. I was, I was so excited, excited for Mount Tantus just as a, a Thrawn trilogy lover. Um, and it really ends up feeling kind of wasted, I think. Um, I kind of wish they hadn't revealed it now. And it just maybe if it had been the season two reveal, like through all season, this season, we're seeing this, you know, secret Imperial base mm-hmm. um, that we don't know what mm-hmm. it is. And then you go into uh, the end of season two and it's like, ah, let me return to Mount Tantus or something. And, and you're like, whoa, yeah, 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 yeah. Ex- I feel like that would have been a lot better as it was like spend the entire season. Like, oh, can't wait to get to Tantus. Never mind, not happening. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe that's my own fault, right? But I, I just kept expecting, okay, where are we going to go to Mount Tantus? Man, when are we going to go to Mount Tantus? And I feel like we were waiting the whole time for that. It, I can't, it can't be your, that, that was the stinger for season one. It is, I think, reasonable to expect more Mount Tantus or have it feel more impactful. Mm-hmm. Even mm-hmm. if it's like a tease at the very beginning and then, then you wait, you know, I, I get that. But yeah, anyway. Ah. Uh, it can't all be what we what we want. Um, yeah, well, yeah, but okay. So let's let's talk about let's just change uh, topics slightly, and let's talk about the visuals. It's not something we talk about all the time, but that's one area where this show just continues to excel. Right? They the Bad Batch season one picked up the Clone Wars art style with some modifications, and season two just continues to deliver just beautiful beautiful episodes regardless of what the, whatever the story was right i feel like on a um from a like a technical level these episodes in the series just looks gorgeous the oh, the one standout yeah. is like the kashik yeah. episode right with the the because you're in the forest and we saw kashik in the clone wars and just to see, see how far the animation has come is just so good yeah, I mean, it's not a surprise, but they just did a really, really good job continuing to, I don't know, advance the animation and showcase what they can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I think for me, visually, one of my favorite episodes, two episodes is the summit and um, well, basically just the summit where if you have ever seen the movie for where Eagles Dare, that whole thing of that, just the whole snow thing in that big um base on top of the mountain so reminded me of that movie and i thought it was just visually just so beautifully done yeah it really it really was um yeah it's just it looks so good <laughs> the, the I, I have to say the the clone wars and now the bad batch are still my favorite style of animation probably period i think you know i like it more than pretty much any of the other not just Star Wars series, but just in general. I really like the art style and how they approach these shows. It's just beautifully lit and animated. It's just it's very well done. So I have to give them huge props there. Totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so throughout the season, we also had a few appearances of fan favorite characters. Not as many as season one, I feel like. We didn't get Cad Bane, we did get Fennec Shand this season. Remember when we speculated that Boba Fett would have a big role because he and Omega are basically siblings and he definitely did not show up. We were way off base there. But we did get to see Cody and Rex and Gunji and Senator Chuchi and, of course, the Zillow Beast. Um, thoughts on on these characters? And it was great to see Rex and Cody mm-hmm. show up again. Um, those probably, I think, stand out as the highlights to me, especially the kind of clone conspiracy type stuff that we really only got teased. Um, honestly, looking back, this makes me if we'd gotten more of that. I think that would have made mm-hmm. for some much better episodes than what we got. But I don't know. Those are the two that I really, really enjoyed. Would have liked to see Gregor make an appearance. He, he was there briefly. He was oh, he there was? Bri- okay. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Briefly. Oh, don't forget. We did get to see Scorch again. 
So right, well, I'm sorry, no, see- Scorch. Scorch was in the background. I, I'm sorry, in season in season two, not Gregor. Yeah, season um, two. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, Scorch was really Scorch cool. Was I like that. My my son still wants to see the rest of that squad. Oh yeah. He's hoping that in season three the rest of them show up. Me too. I would love it. I'm skeptical, but well, I I hate to say this. We got to see rain a while back. I'd love to see the rest of that. That It's still such a great moment of celebration. It's such a great moment. When Dave Blue is like, check out this beautiful rain. And yeah, check out the rain. The Republic commandos come down the shows the clip and the Republic commandos come out of the ship and everyone just freaks out in the room. It was great. And then he still talked about the rain. He's got those models somewhere. Why does he keep using scorch? Bring the rest of the rest of them in. They're there somewhere. Take them out of the rain. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So is there anyone you you'd like to see in season three aside from the rest of Delta Squad? I mean, it could be interesting to see Ahsoka and Rex show up in partnership. Um, we know there was some amount of communication between the two. So I think there's maybe some potential there. Um mm. might be a little little too hopeful. Um, I'd like, I'd yeah. like to see Wolf show up. That's a good choice. Yeah, for sure. I still feel like they have to show Boba Fett at some point, right? Because he and he and Omega I, are siblings. Or do you not think they'll go there? I don't think so. I was gonna say that the doctor that we find out at the very very end of the season that is a also a clone. I kind of feel like that was that she fills the role that Boba Fett did in a lot of ways. Yeah, another older version of Omega that is unmodified and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. So, any theories on what will, on what will happen with her with Emery Carr? Like, what what role will she play in season three? Don't think she's going to be a traitor, but I don't know. I mean, it it, it it's a hard read. It's a very hard read, especially when she's sitting there trying to tell Crosshair at a certain point, relax. I, I can't think of the words or what she was saying, but it's it's almost to the extent of, you know what, if you keep doing what you're doing, you're going to hurt yourself more. If you just relax and take it, it's not going to be as bad as you think. So it's almost like, in a way, giving advice to just, you know what, take it easy, you'll be fine. But I don't know. It's going to be fascinating to see how that character is going to play out. Yeah. I know we've we've speculated a lot on what's we still don't exactly know what Omega's purpose is. All right, we know that we know why the Bad Batch were created. They were kind of mistakes, and they ended up banding together. We know it sounds like that Omega was maybe made you know created to be like a a daughter of sorts for Nalase, but it's not entirely clear. We just know Nalase has an attachment to her. But now there's Emery Carr, and so I I wonder what what were they made for? Boba Fett was made so that Jango could have a son. Um, was I don't know. I feel like Emery has to have a has to have a big role, and and probably Omega as well. We we still don't really know what is you know what's the the reasoning behind her. I, I hope we tackle that. Like mm-hmm. it feels like we're getting back to it after like kind of ignoring it for most of season one and season two. So that that's got to be my biggest hope for season three. Um, in addition to Mount Tantus, of course. Especially because Mount season three is the final season, right? It, it's yeah, that's the end. They're going to have to wrap up a lot. Yeah, yeah. And that's one of the reasons why I'd like to see Wolf make an appearance because they still have to explain how they ended up in mm-hmm. Rebels because you've got Wolf, Gregor, and Rex. Right, and they're how do and they they're end up that way. I wouldn't say exactly friendly with the empire, but the empire is not going after them. And so there's some sort of. Yeah. The empire, or, the empire knows yeah. they exist. Yeah. 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 That'll be interesting to see. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, there was a, the episode format tried to allow for some character development. I think we do get a little bit of that with um, tech, for example, you know, echo, we see him, join the group you know he, he leaves the group for a little while and comes back it's unclear if he'll stay with them tech we get some nice moments between him and and omega which i appreciate like in the caves for example but for some of the other characters i feel like they there wasn't 
there were episodes focused on them, but they didn't advance the character development a ton. Yeah. It, it needed more, I think, to really solidify. Um, we got a lot more of this in season one with like Hunter trying to determine, you know, it, uh, the right fit for Omega. And then I just feel like, yeah, like I said, Tech gets a little bit. Echo gets a fair amount, but mm -hmm. he leaves. We don't actually mm -hmm. see most of it. Um, Do you think he'll stick yeah. around in season three with them? Or is he kind of off doing his own thing now? Because especially with the death of Tech, right? The the Batch are down now two, one to two people. It's just really the four of them, right, at this point. Uh, or three of them. I... I would right, say yeah, Wrecker, 50, Hunter, 50. and Omega. So yeah, I I hope he sticks around, but I I'm suspicious he won't. Unfortunately, yeah, I think it's a it it's a fifty fifty split on if he stays or not. Um, it does kind of make sense since William pointed out they are down basically two people. Um, Although Crosshair could, could make, replace, you know, <laughs> yeah, Crosshair could, but you could also make the argument, and it's a it's a weird argument to make, but Rex could replace to go back up to a squad of four. So, and Omega basically being the fifth. Rex, I, I don't I, think he will just because I think that's and I don't think so a either. chance that Rex has of being uh, not wanted by the Empire. So right. I, I think it's got to be Echo, right. if, if anyone. And I feel like they have right. to... Echo is too interested in fighting the Empire. And so the, ch mm -hmm. the challenge would be, well, do they all settle down? Or do they... I don't think so. Or do they decide to be, you know, go more uh, take an offensive tactic against the empire instead of just kind of trying to survive and and make money? I hope, I hope that's what they do, and we'll see them start to fight back a little bit more. It, they were on the verge of settling down in this season. I think they'll change their mind now. I, I guess the question is, Omega's captured, Crosshair is captured. They're gonna go try to rescue them both. I don't know. I'm just trying to figure out, is there a world where the batch even settled down or is it just, I don't know, I guess ideally I'd love to see them right well, rescue him and have this big momentum through to the end of the show. I suspect they will find a, a, a mode or where they can kind of have their random side missions again. But I don't know. I'd love to see more momentum through season three. But that would, that would be an interesting thing going into season three or how they end season three is will they settle down? I mean, they were talking about it here at the end of season two because of the loss of tech and basically the loss of crosshair. But now that they kind of have something to fight for to at least get Omega back, you know they're going to go get her back. That's going to be some point in season three. But now that comes into question, are they going to survive? Because we've already seen tech basically is dead. And the show has absolutely no problem doing that kind of stuff. And we only know on the back end of this that Gregor and Rex survive. Doesn't yeah. necessarily mean that, you know, Hunter and Wrecker can't survive as well. But we know going forward, only those two survive. This is going to be an interesting third season to see how it plays out. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I I hope we we see a little more focus. I hope Sid is not in it that much. I suspect we'll see her a little bit uh, as they wrap up the storyline with her. I if Sid is in there, I want to see her get her due. Yeah. Period. Exactly. Um, and yeah, I, I, I hope we could just be a little bit more focused and the the missions we got, or at least it's like... I, you said it really well, Stephen, earlier. It's okay to have missions of the week. That's no problem. But those missions need to have emotional weight, have to have, to have weight within them, and, and a really good story. And if it just feels relevant in some ways, then I think is, is where you have the problem. And yes, and you can have great conversations between characters, but you need a little bit more for character development, I feel like. I guess that if if you want that to be your mechanism, I think you have to really push the character growth, which yeah. is something they have historically not done a great job on in this particular show. Yeah. Yeah. And you can make the argument that there, I mean, there's not none, there's not no character growth, right? There was 
some, but I feel like it's very light, very light as opposed to um, where they could be. You know, I think if you look Mm. at the characters at the beginning of the season and the end, they're very, very similar for the most part. Um, You know, the, I mean, Echo, he left. That's, he he probably has the biggest character growth in some ways. He, He ends up leaving the batch. Um, Hunter, I feel like is is kind of in a similar spot where he's he's still kind of the 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 leader wants to settle down a little bit, right, or take care of Omega. Uh, I feel like Wrecker, he did not grow all that much. Um, Tech is he also I think probably had the most character growth, and then he died, and so and that was you know that was an emotional part to see i i was shocked they killed tech i was not expecting that and i i like how it added a little bit more weight to the to the finale i don't know yeah that was a shocker i didn't expect it but i think uh to me out of all the batch the one that did have probably a little bit more growth than ever was tech Mm -hmm. because he she it seemed like that he was getting um i can't remember her name but the um oh god what's her name uh the oh god the the i'm trying to remember her name the the Did woman you know on Pabu, yeah oh, okay towards, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> to where she was so i totally blanked on it so many so many characters to remember um she was trying to take she was getting a liking to him and you could tell for a minute there he had no clue what was going on but I think a little bit may have came through when they were leaving the planet Pabu and she kind of walked up to him and was like, you just couldn't leave without saying goodbye. You, you, you maybe saw a little bit of realization that, yeah, he was growing a little bit. And I don't know. I don't know. I just, I think out of all the characters, Tech is the one that may have, grew, may have grown a little bit yeah. more than the other ones. Yeah. How did you guys feel about his, his death? Let's talk about it one more time before we head into our final rating. Personally, yeah, I, mean, I, I, impactful. I, yeah. I wasn't, I was very much surprised by it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was surprised uh, too. I think my biggest thing is just, I want to make sure I hope that they fill his gap in some way for the next season with echo or Rex or someone. Cause I do think we need a third member. That's not just wreckers break it and hunters kind of, I don't even know how to describe Hunter, like caution, maybe um, mm-hmm. like they need another personality, I think, to round out the uh, the group. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, the hunt, Hunter turned, I think, more into a father figure in this season than in the other one story. He was always really looking out for Omega. And remember, in the episode, he did look at her and say, look, you know, this is what Wrecker and I are thinking about doing, settling down. You know, let's go to Pabu before they naturally get turned in. So it seemed like he grew that much as a father figure. But I agree, Stephen, there needs to be another personality to offset the other two into the next season. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. with time. that, yeah, should we do our, our, our rating of the season as we look back? I can go first if you guys want. Uh, yeah, go, go ahead. You know what? Go for it, William. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I figure you guys normally go first, so I'll, I'll, I'll go first this time. I was like, I haven't actually gone first in a while. Um, yeah, so overall, I'm I'm torn. I love The Bad Batch as a show. I, I, th- I love that it's a sequel to The Clone Wars. One of our, you know, it's a show that has a lot of, it's very near and dear to our hearts, right? Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's a, it's, it's such a good it's such a good foundation. I think the challenge is that the I feel like the bad batch season 2 struggled a little bit. Uh and it's it, you know the the season was a little bit unfocused or or it just didn't have that that weight to kind of carry it through as we've discussed. And I don't want to recap we've already discussed it enough this episode and throughout the season. Um but I think that that hurt it a little bit. There 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 wasn't as many big character cameos and stuff, which is okay. You don't always need that. That's okay. Um but I feel like the stories that were told were just a little bit in some ways they skewed a little more young. I feel like whereas season one did not. 
and and so almost more into resistance territory I, I felt like in 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 cases and so while there were some standout amazing moments like um you know the 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 mid-season finale and the crosshair episodes are great the zillow beast episode was great and it's been 13 years waiting for that i love that um the, the overall i think the story was it struggled a little bit and so you know what while i think some of my some of the highs, like there were some, there was some, you know, multiple, a uh, couple nines or approaching nine out of tens uh, this season. I think overall, I'd probably give it a seven and a half. Uh, and actually, if you average out my ratings this season, that's uh, it's pretty much exactly it. I think. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's what I would, I would, I would rate this a seven and a half Womp Rats out of out of ten. In my seven and a half Womp Rats. Ooh, I uh, I think they're just they're gonna be uh, electrified and then eaten eaten by the Zilla Beast because he's a big monster and needs some food. Horrible! Wow, poor Womp Rats. Yeah, Stephen, what? Yeah, I I feel I'm going back and forth here because on the one hand I feel like about a little more than half of the season was like know, well, five or a six. Um, somewhere in that range where it's just like, they were fine. I enjoyed them the first time through, but I know I'll never go back and watch them again. And then there's another third or so of the season that was like, no, this was actually pretty solid, you know, called an eight, eight up to a nine. So I think I'll kind of split the difference. I'll give it a seven. Um, I think the biggest thing is it's just, it's a very uneven season in a lot of ways. Um, and I, I think they showed they still got some of the greatness that we know Bad Batch and kind of animated Star Wars can do. Um, the Crosshair episodes especially stand out as like we kind of started with, like some of the best parts and highlights. Um, and I just really hope season three does more of that um, and kind of builds on all the good stuff and you know leaves out some of the bad. So I'll give it a seven out of ten. Um, I think my Womp Rats, I mean, obviously there's so... We you don't really see it because you know it's a very long out shot at the end of season one at the base of Mount Tantus, you know, at the very bottom left of it, there's like seven womp rats that are working towards the mountain. Um, and at the end of season two, they've finally reached the actual mountain, like they're they're entering the base. Um, that's why we didn't get more Mount Tantus is because they were you couldn't tell, but they were focusing on the womp rats. That's actually the real story of the bad batch. Um, and it just takes them a long time to get there, you know, so uh, they're you know, they got little legs and. Hopefully uh, they'll get there in season three so we can really get into the Mount Tantus stuff. Tom? Well, I think for me, Stephen, you kind of summed it up best. It was kind of uneven. Um, I did love episodes. I mean, the the summit was great. The midseason was great. But there were the ones in between that you kind of like, yeah, struggled a bit. Um, I am giving the overall grade for the season a seven. Um there were some great episodes. I don't know how that's going to average out. William, I love how you sit there and know that when you look at all your episodes across, how they kind of average out. I don't know if mine's going to average out to be a It seven. doesn't have to exactly average out. I, I know. know. I know it's not going to. But, it's but actually, Fun Factor is averages out to a 7.39. So it's I think seven's. Really? Fair. Okay. Yeah, seven's fair. You and your math, William. It doesn't wow. have to do exact averages, right? This is how you feel overall. It doesn't. But oh, it's, it's an interesting data point to consider. It, it it's a very interesting data point, and I'm the guy who is terrible at math, and I never look at it from that point of view. I just go, this is what I feel, and that's the grade. So <laughs> I feel this, for this full season, it was a seven. I'm looking forward to the third season and basically final season of this. Hopefully, it'll be a little bit more than that when all is said and done. Um, but seven is my overall for the season. My seven Womp Rats, basically... My seven Womp Rats were the ones that were able to find Tech, give him a proper clone burial, and they're basically watching over him to make sure that nobody takes anything else from him except for, as we know, the goggles were taken. But everything else is going to stay with Tech and just basically, you know, they're his sentinels. They're keeping an eye on him while freezing to death because, you know, it's cold by that mountain. So they're silently frozen sentinels watching Oof. over tech. That doesn't sound fun. Yeah. Well, you know, I think I was very nice to my Womp Rats the last few times. You were. So I, I had to get to... back at them. No, you did. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> yeah. It, it's it's about time I I I did them in. So oh, it is. It is. Yeah. 
Ah, well, thanks guys. This was fun. It was a it was a fun discussion. You know, look, we 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 critique because we love, right? We love oh, we love this stuff yeah, and we enjoy every moment of it and we want them to to be as best as they possibly can be and um, you know, even when and it's I not perfect, say, I, it's still very enjoyable and I, they do such a good job on this show. And I was going to say I think we're very fair. We we do we come up be. with yeah, we try to be very fair. We always try and point out good in every episode. And we do make comments the other way. But I believe with all of our ratings, we have been very fair. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, f- I feel pretty good. Um, but yeah, so that's, I think that that brings us to the end of this episode. It's It's been fun to kind of look back at the Bad Batch season two and uh, the highs and the lows and everything in between. Next up, I think we'll do our review of Star Wars Visions Season 2. Um, so stay tuned for that. We've also got, um, a, you know, man, there's Ahsoka is coming up soon, sometime in, in August. And before we uh, know it. Uh, it'll be yeah, here before, before we, know we know it. Yeah, so maybe we'll take like a week or two off and then come back with our Visions review and then... Uh, and then go from there. Also, at some point, Stephen, you and I need to review uh, Jedi Survivor because we yes we both finished that game in the last uh, couple weeks, and it was so good, so you good. You guys are okay. really making me feel bad for not being a gamer. Oh, you need to play Tom. At least watch the cutscenes on YouTube or something. That I could probably do. I could watch the cutscenes. It's 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 a fun it's one. Worth it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but with that, I think that. That wraps up this week, and we'll be back soon with our review of Star Wars Visions Season 2. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. For over a decade, Ion Cannon has covered every corner of the saga, from the films and animated series like The Clone Wars and Rebels, to books, comics, games, and more. If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your review will help this show grow within the Star Wars community. We can be found at our website, ioncanoncast.com, and you can follow us through Facebook and Twitter. To email us, you can do so at contact at ioncanoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, The Walt Disney Company, or any and all of their respective trademarks or copyright holders. Any opinion expressed on the show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans, for fans, and is copyright 2018.